Hello, St. Louis, and welcome to the STL Leaders Podcast, hosted by Brian Bisking. Brian started this weekly podcast to give a voice to leaders of our community, to share their story, their journey, and the lessons that they have learned along the way. Brian grew up in a small town outside of St. Louis, where he watched his father run a small business and was always interested in how the leaders in his community got where they are. Whether it's a local business leader, a philanthropist, or a celebrity, these are your STL leaders. Join us today, where we will chat with another pillar of our community on this week's episode of the STL Leaders Podcast. And now, your host, Brian Bisking. Hello, St. Louis, and welcome to this week's episode of the STL Leaders Podcast. On this week's episode, we welcome Katie Walters, CEO of Kids in the Middle. But before we get to this week's episode, I want to thank my sponsors. First, NWO IT Services, Synchrony HR, The Tom James Company, Edward Jones, Go Brand Go, and Enterprise Bank and Trust. And now to this week's episode with Katie Walter. Katie Walter, welcome to the STL Leaders Podcast. I appreciate you joining me this morning. Good morning. Thank you. Absolutely. Well, for those who don't know, I serve on the board for Kids in the Middle and uh, have actually, as you know, have followed Kids in the Middle for, uh, geez, five, six years always been very inspired by the organization. And, and finally, we were able to, to get me to join the board this year. And I, I couldn't be more excited about kind of the future of Kids in the Middle and just being a part of it. And so I'm really excited to have you on today so we can share with St. Louis uh, all the exciting things that are happening in Kids in the Middle and, and share what Kids in the Middle is for those who don't know, but also talk to you about really your leadership skills and, and uh, kind of where you learned those leadership skills. So I'm excited to dive in today. Yeah, thank you so much. And we're thrilled to have you be part of the board. So I'm I'm excited to do this today. I think it's great. Absolutely. Well, let's start kind of in the beginning. Talk to me about growing up and then what led you to become the CEO of Kids in the Middle? Okay, definitely. So um, I was born and raised in St. Louis, grew up in uh, St. Louis Hills and went to St. Gabriel's through elementary school. Um, I will answer uh, the, the typical St. Louis question, which is, where did you go to high school? <laughs> I went to Ursuline Academy. And shortly after that, I pursued my bachelor's degree in social work from UMSL. I always thought I'm going to go get a job in social work and eventually pursue my master's in social work and wanted to be a therapist. And so Shortly after I got my degree, I started looking around for a organization that I felt like I could um, do my internship in and would be flexible with also having young kids at home and found a entry level position here at the organization. I was the um, hired in as the clinical coordinator and did that for a number of years on a very part time basis. So I was only working three days a week for a couple hours a day because my kids were little and just kind of getting my feet wet with getting back to work. And um, then in that time frame, I also went through my own divorce. So I uh, couldn't be at a better organization <laughs> to um, 
you know, have that experience happen to my own family. Um, they, you know, the people who were there at the time provided me with a lot of support um, and guidance. And, um, you know, luckily were able to offer me a full-time position here as a coordinator and really threw myself into this work because it just really, you know, became so much more than um, a job to me at that point. It was really something to where, I saw the need, I saw the way that divorce can affect families, the way that it can affect um, our kids, our parents, and just the grief that you can go through as a child, but also as a parent. And what that does for us, watching our kids hurt and go through that, and kind of gradually worked my way up through the company. So I became the director of operations in 2017, and then became the chief program officer in late 2018. Uh, and then shortly after that, they needed someone to step in as the interim CEO. So I did that in July of 2019. And it's interesting because right before that, I decided, hey, I'm going to go back to school and get my master's degree. Um, decided that at that point, being a therapist wasn't for me, but I really liked the management aspect of um, running an organization. So I pursued my master's degree from Washington University in nonprofit management. And, you know, everything that was happening at, you know, kind of during that time at the organization, as well as in the community, really was also happening within my classes in terms of which ones I took and everything was really lining up. So it was a great time to be in my master's program while also a bit chaotic. Um, to be going through your master's program in the middle of, you know, just becoming the CEO and being a brand new CEO on top of the pandemic and kind of a lot of civil unrest as well. So yes. it was um, a great experience and um, I had amazing support in my master's degree program. And um, I've been now the CEO for almost three years, believe it or not. Well, congratulations. Yeah, that's amazing how you kind of started as, you know, an entry level position and, and stayed with the organization <laughs> and worked your way up. For those who don't know about Kids in the Middle, why don't you tell us the mission of the organization? Yeah, so in 1977, a um, therapist in private practice, she saw that many of her adult clients were still suffering, suffering from childhood emotional scars, and it was directly related to their parents' divorce. So she recognized that a lot of this internal suffering that kids were enduring during these transitions, um, would, they would be better able to um, name and voice those emotions and work through them had they been able to um, have earlier interventions as kids. So after that, Kids in the Middle was formed as a nonprofit in 1977 with the mission of empowering children, parents, and families during and after divorce through counseling, education, and support services. So we have been around now for 45 years. This is our 45th year, so we're really excited about that and um, serving the St. Louis community. Yeah, absolutely. So I, much like yourself, um, I also went through a divorce back in 2017 and uh, saw how it impacted two children that were my uh, ex-wife's kids, um, not our divorce, but her, her previous divorce. And so that's where I actually got introduced to the organization. And um, I think it's a, just a critical organization to help those kids, to your point, 
because unfortunately divorce is, you know, as even as clean as it can be, or as messy as it can be, Mm -hmm. um, impacts the lives and the thoughts uh, of those kids. You know, they're the ones thinking, did I create this? Did, you know, how's my life going to be with my mom and dad separate, all those things. Um, and for those young kids who just need someone to talk to and get some counseling and advice, uh, I think is, I think is really, really impactful. And so I think the mission of the organization is fantastic. And I think, you know, my next question is really kind of what the future of kids in the middle holds. I know we have some lofty goals uh, for as an organization, but talk to us about what those goals are and how we're trying to impact more lives in the St. Louis area. Yeah, definitely. So what we've really found through the past 45 years is um, children react to their parents' divorce. You know, it's it's a trauma. It's a trauma because of the changes in the family of, you know, how things have happened within the relationship. And nobody goes into their marriage and says, we're going to get a divorce. So it's typically, um, while yes, you want a divorce to be as amicable as possible, lots of times there's different things behind that. So, um, you know, there there's lots of different circumstances that can lead to a divorce. So we know that there is a lot of kids and families out there that still need our help. And so last year, we worked with a consulting firm. Uh, their name is Let's Build Hope to develop a 10-year impact statement. And this was a really concrete goal that we set Um, in the ground 10 years down the line and said, here's a very clear vision for what the future of kids in the middle holds. So we came up with the impact statement with the help of our staff and board. By 2031, Kids in the Middle will provide 45,000 kids and families life-changing social and emotional skills to heal from the trauma of separation and divorce. So what this means is that we know that on average, You know, there's 5,000 dissolutions of marriage, you know, in the greater St. Louis area every year that involve kids. We know that on average, our organization is serving a little over 2,000. So that's so many kids and families out there who still need our help. And we need to make sure that our services are available to everyone who is going through the trauma of separation and divorce and making it accessible and going to where those kids are. So to achieve this vision, we are starting with the infrastructure of the organization, which means we need to make sure that we have enough therapists on staff, that we need to invest in our fundraising infrastructure, and we need to be able to look at what we have here to expand our impact. So in addition to hiring additional therapists, we want to expand into the local schools We already have um, two schools in which are interested in having us in next year. And our goal is to really embed our therapists within the schools so that those kids who can't come directly to the agency have us available there in the school to run the groups. Our program is specifically built for children of divorce. That's the name of it is the Children of Divorce Intervention Program. And that is the program that we run within the organization. And that's what we are bringing to our schools. And that is how we're going to ensure that Kids in the Middle is around to serve the St. Louis community for another 45 years. 
Yeah, no, I think that's really exciting. And one of the reasons I'm excited to be a part of the organization is just because to your point, there's so many more things we can, so many more lives that we can impact. And um, I'm excited for your leadership uh, at, at the helm of the organization and I'm looking forward to being a part of it as well. Talk to us briefly, you know, 2020 was a challenging year for so many uh, people in so many ways, but obviously COVID was a huge impact of that. How were you guys able to navigate through the COVID pandemic um, with, you know, uh, being, doing therapy with, with, with small children? How did you guys manage that? So I think this question has been asked of me a lot. I think the big word is pivot. Um, I always <laughs> go back to that Friends episode where Ross is yelling, pivot, pivot on the stairs. Because I feel like every time that we started something, it was like a quick pivot to really figure out what our clients' needs were. So there was a lot of evaluating constantly going on with our clinicians and um, our entire team in general, just to figure out what was going to work. So we very quickly in March 2020 implemented a secure telehealth portal um, for new and existing clients. So one of the things that I can say that I'm very proud of in all of this is that there was never a gap in services for our clients. We had that in place within a couple of days and made sure that there was no um, that kids were always available and parents to have our service. The one thing that did require us to really have a little bit more time to figure out was the groups. And so we were offering mainly individual counseling during that time um, until we could figure out how to offer our groups, because that's a little bit more challenging when you're talking about doing groups um, and making sure that it's confidential and secure. And how do you keep the kids, six kids engaged on um, um, a virtual platform? And so we resumed those services um, in end of April, beginning of May, 2020. So we had a little bit of a gap there with that, but we were offering individual. And so with, you know, a lot of that came us recognizing, um, you know, the benefit of virtual services. So we were really able to expand our reach, um, which presented a new um, opportunity for us to really provide those services to areas where we haven't before extend our reach outside of the St. Louis area um, into more rural and remote portions. We also launched a new eight-week parenting class during that time, and we were able to extend outside of Missouri. So we were getting people enrolled in the class as far as South Carolina, um, which was really neat to be able to offer that support during that time for our parents. And what we found is um, that has really been a benefit for our parents to have that be virtual and have that service be remote because it's hard for parents to get here because lots of times they're, you know, the majority of the time I should say is they're working full-time jobs and they're navigating childcare, um, lots of times as single parents. So being able to then, you know, find a time to come to the office for a class is even more challenging. So having the flexibility to jump on there for a Zoom, um, you know, class or a therapy session was uh, a, a huge benefit that we found. But it's been especially hard on families who were in the process of uh, separation or divorce, meaning like their, their court cases. So what we found is that you know, many of the courts were closed, a lot still are and just reopening. So court dates were pushed back months, even years. So imagine like just sitting in that increased conflict for that amount of time. 
And what we have noticed is the um, increase in, you know, domestic violence, suicide ideation, addiction, um, and as a result have seen just an increase in our wait list and the need for our services. Sure. Um, so the need for individual, the need for group. So one of the goals that we have for this year is to add additional group sessions. Um, so we have on average, Kids in the Middle had been running 14 children's groups every year. We set the goal to have 20 and currently we have 17. So we're really making progress towards that goal of having at least 20. So I would certainly love to see it surpass that to make sure that we're, we're serving, you know, the families who need it just because we understand how important it is. But our therapists were, I mean, the, the, how creative and innovative they were to keep kids engaged on, um, you know, during that time and provide that service for them and that support when everybody was feeling so isolated. I mean, I just can't say enough for, for what our staff did um, during that time to make sure that, you know, these services were accessible and that we were, you know, there and available for our families is really just incredible. Yeah, absolutely. What it was definitely a trying time for a lot of organizations. And the, to, to your point, the word pivot uh, obviously comes to mm -hmm. mind for a lot of people because yes. uh, even, you know, even over at Synchrony where I run the sales, we all had to pivot mm -hmm. um, from month to month. Everything was changing so quickly. And you'd, I think at first we thought, oh, this would be a short lived thing. Yep. And then it turned into a two year thing. And mm -hmm. so uh, there was a lot of pivoting that, uh, to your point, yes. that had to be done for sure. Yes, absolutely. Let's shift gears here a little bit. Let's talk a little bit about leadership. Talk to me about kind of your views on leadership and where you learn your leadership traits. Yeah, so I was really lucky and fortunate that when I took the role of CEO here, uh, I have an incredible board of directors, as you already know. And um, they said, you know, what do you need to be successful in this role? And at that time, I really had no clue, to be quite honest with you. I mean, you've got a brand new CEO. All of my um, experience had really been um, direct service with the clients in terms of that, um, you know, really in the nitty gritty of it and the operational piece and not so much the administrative fundraising leadership part. So um, I was lucky enough that they um, got an executive coach for me and who, um, you know, was able to really help me through a lot of the challenges that we have faced, um, a lot of the challenges personally that you face as a leader and really growing in that and exploring like what, what are those leadership traits that I have and what do I want to see um, in a team and what kind of culture um, do I really want to build at this organization? And that's, I think the biggest thing is the culture. And that starts with the empowerment of my team. I really lead with the philosophy that a leader is only as good as the people around them. Um, I think that's incredibly important in terms of, you know, your the staff that you have, but also the people that you surround yourself with on the executive level. I um, have been in a position where I was involved in the, um, you know, hiring process of new team members, and you can definitely train someone in any position, but to teach them to be a good team member and team player and be a part of the culture that you want here is a little bit more challenging. So um, we have always tried to find team members who were a good fit for the organization overall and the existing team that we have here. 
um, which is really neat because it's been, um, I've been able to really utilize the skills of the people that are already at the organization and bring them also into the hiring process by meeting the people who we are bringing in and making sure that, you know, these are individuals who are going to, um, you know, um, fill each other's cups, that they're going to make sure that what we have built here already is something that we can continue. And it's something that I think has been incredibly important, you know, through the, you know, different things that have happened over the past couple of years and to keep people excited and connected, connected to the mission, as well as give people hope and meaning. I mean, this has been incredibly challenging, yes, for our clients, but also to be in this as, um, you know, a nonprofit forward-facing social service organization is, is tough. And you're going through your own stuff too. And to be able to provide that support to your team members and to be flexible. Sure. Um, So when we say the, you know, the empowerment of each other is to really be flexible with each other and to extend grace and kindness has been, you know, a really a theme of, of my leadership. Yeah. Well, I think to your point, um, in today's environment, um, whether it's political environment, religion environment, whatever it is, everybody's going to have differences in opinion. And, you know, I think what a lot of people need to remember is that's okay, but we all need to respect each other's opinions and be kind and nice. And it's okay to have conversation and debate about it. But I think, unfortunately, what's happened, and this is just my personal opinion, I guess, I feel like in today's world, it's become so one-sided or the other, and people are just mean about it and forget that we're all just human beings here. Um, and kindness can go a lot farther than, uh, you know, oil and vinegar, I would, I guess I would say. So oh, for sure. For sure. I think having that leadership from you, I think is absolutely important because, um, I know I've seen it in with certain clients. I've seen it with friends. I've seen it. God forbid you get on Facebook. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes. It's like, you know, just at the end of the day, it's okay to have differences of opinion. That's what makes America so great. But uh, we all should just be kind about it. I think that's a very right. good way to put it. Right. Right. As yeah, that would be the rumbling, you know, yeah. it's okay to, to, to rumble with each other as long as it's respectful and, you know, and, and to understand that everybody's, everybody's going through their own stuff, but right you know, and has their own experience and comes to the table with their own experience. So respecting that, but also balancing that out with, um, you know, hearing what other people have been through and respecting that as a whole. Absolutely. Absolutely. Have there been any, I don't know if you're a big reader, but I was always asked this question on the show because I'm always curious. Has there ever been any books or audio books that you've listened to that you would say you could point back to and say, wow, that, you know, that impacted my career. That impacts me in my role that I'm in because I've applied something from that book to my role. Um, I think that honestly, I'm a, a huge Brene Brown fan. I don't know who isn't, honestly, <laughs> but her, her, um, you know, her book, Dare to Lead, actually was gifted to me when I became the interim CEO by the current board president at that time. And um, I think that was huge for me. So it was a, it's a great book for anyone that's aspiring to be a leader or a current leader. It really has practical advice um, about giving and receiving feedback um, and being okay with what she calls rumbling. So kind of going back to what we were just talking about, being okay 
um, to rumble and what that looks like to respectfully, you know, kind of get in the ring with people and say, hey, I hear what you're saying, but here's also another perspective to look at and um, to learn that, you know, leadership is not a sprint. It's really a marathon and it's a learning process. Um, I think that um, a lot of what she talks about in there again, is very practical advice um, that anyone can take regardless of where you're at in your journey. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And that's why I asked this question because it's always good to hear people's views and perspective on books. And so I appreciate you sharing that. Katie, I always end this podcast by asking my guests to leave us with a specific piece of advice. And that can mm-hmm. be on leadership, that can be on personal life, that can be on business. Um, mm-hmm. So if you could leave us with one piece of advice today, what would it be? Be a lifelong learner. Um, I just had this conversation this morning, actually, with my former executive coach, who's just now a great friend of mine, and I've been very blessed with that. Um, But our conversation was about being a lifelong learner and being able to hear the tough feedback and being able to learn and grow from it and to say, I I don't know everything right now. And I say a lot of times to my team, like, I don't know everything. I don't pretend to know everything. I want to hear your feedback and I want to learn and grow. And I am the very first person who will say that there has been challenges over the past couple of years of being in my seat and my role. And it has not been easy. And this journey has not been easy and nor would I expect it to be. Um, But there has been, you know, (laughs) tough moments of hearing feedback and going, wow, that, that, that stung a little bit, but yeah, that was, you know, that was feedback I needed to hear. And, and while it's, yeah, a moment of like that really, that really stung, but to be able to accept that and to say, okay, what's my role in this and how can I grow from it? I think the sooner that people can, um, understand that we're all learning and growing and that we all, make mistakes and mistakes are only not okay. If you can't grow and learn from them, honestly, is, is my real philosophy. And that is you have to be able to accept it, acknowledge it, um, and learn and grow from it. Absolutely. Well, I think what's so, um, so incredible about that piece of advice is I would say, if you listen back to the 90 something episodes we've had on this podcast, I would bet you, 80 to 90% of the people I've interviewed always bring this up somewhere in the mm-hmm. show. They mm-hmm. all, all, all leaders that we've had on here, most of them say, continue to read books, continue to educate yourselves, continue to you know be a learner in some capacity. And what I love how you boiled it down was take the feedback from your team. And, and even though it can sting at times, continue to be a learner and just continue to, you know, open your mind up to new ways and new opportunities to do the job that you're doing. And so I couldn't agree with you more that, you know, being a lifelong learner is, is something we all need to probably do a better job of and continue to focus on uh, educating ourselves in the role in the role that we serve. So I think that's great advice. On behalf of the STL Leaders Podcast and myself, Katie, I appreciate you uh, joining us today, what you're doing at Kids in the Middle uh, organization. Uh, If anybody wants to find out more about Kids in the Middle, please reach out uh, on Facebook, uh, social media, their website, or to Katie on LinkedIn or myself. We'd love to share with you about the mission that we have as an organization. I know we have a gala coming up at the end of this year. 
October, I believe, Katie, is that the date? Yes, October 13th. October 13th. We're looking for sponsorships still. So um, there's a, there's small sponsorships. Um, nothing, no too small is uh, is not going to help. And so uh, anything you guys can do as an audience out there that can help kids in the middle, well, we would all greatly appreciate. Yes, thank you so much. This was a treat chatting with you today. So thank you for taking the time to bring us on.